Hello everybody, good evening, it's Claire Maxed here from Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, 6.30pm on a Wednesday night in the UK, and I am delighted to say that we have Ruth Croft here tonight, all the way from New Zealand, it's 5.30 in the morning over there, so give her a big round of applause. <laughs> so, um, so hey Ruth, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Brilliant, thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for getting up so early in the morning. And um, there is a funny story around that, isn't there? Because um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did actually. I got confused with the dates because it was the first in New Zealand yesterday, and so I got up yesterday morning. So I've had a practice run through and <laughs> made sure I made the right time today. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. I do feel bad not even like Googling the whole um, like, oh, no. date time difference, especially as I've actually been to New Zealand before. Um, but usually I just do the time difference and, and it's the same day. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries at all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm just going to read out a few of your main achievements here, just in case people, in case some, some people who have been living in a cave don't know who Ruth Croft is. So, um, uh, yeah, you won a lot of races in France, I see. Um, yeah. uh, starting 2016 when you won the CCC at UTMB. And then there's Les Templiers, uh, 75k, 2017. And then, brilliantly, you've won the Mont Blanc Marathon and the OCC at the UTMB twice in 2018 and 2019 as well. So, yeah, congratulations. Loads of, you're no stranger to the podium. Yeah, no, it's been a good last couple of years. Um, when I moved back from Taiwan, I moved to New Zealand, and it kind of helped, I think, a lot with the training, just being in a bit of a better environment um, to train for the races in Europe, so it definitely made a difference. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely did, because you had a cracking 2019 in particular. Um, so you, you must be feeling it now that we're not doing any races, like 2020, does it feel a bit of a washout to you, or are you having a nice rest? Um, to be honest, I've like quite enjoyed the lockdown and the time in New Zealand because when I am in Europe, it's a lot of moving about. I'm not in one place um, and I don't have that sense of feeling very grounded. And so this is the longest I've spent in New Zealand uh, in a number of years. Uh, so it's kind of given me a chance to get that sense of feeling more grounded and yeah, not having to think ahead of what's going on. It's just like, okay, you're in New Zealand and just make the best of the situation. Um, so I'm also like, I think I'm pretty fortunate. I'm not homeschooling kids or trying to work from home in that sense. So my situation is yeah, a lot different to a lot of other people, which I know can be a struggle for many at this time. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. I would not like to have a brace of kids running around the house yeah. and trying to do work. Um, so uh, we're going to talk to you today about this amazing training plan that you have going with a company called Vert Run, which we're going to hear more about in a moment. But I just wanted to set the scene a little bit first about a little bit about you um, before we talk about that ultra training plan and and get people's questions involved. So um, can you just like give us a little brief overview as to how you got into running in the first? place and sort of how you got into the trail side of things yeah well I ran competitively probably from the age of 14 in New Zealand and I represented New Zealand at like the world junior cross-country athletics and mountain running um, and that kind of progressed to getting an athletic scholarship at the University of Portland in Oregon uh, so I was in the US for four years competing there and it was yeah, it wasn't the right environment for me at the time. I had a lot of injuries and my running actually probably got worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> so 
yeah, after graduation, I decided to give up running and I moved to Taipei, Taiwan. Um, yeah, and I taught initially taught English there, and yeah, had no didn't didn't want to run. Had kind of fallen out of it, and then after about six months of drinking too much and partying too much, and I put on a lot of weight, um, I decided to get back into running just for like my health. Um, and then used running as a way of traveling at the time. So I'd go to Japan and do the Mount Fuji Assam tour to Malaysia and do the Mount Kinabalu Climathon. And it was kind of, yeah, just a way of traveling. Um, and then things kind of progressed and I really enjoyed that trail running aspect and kind of fell back in love with the sport or more so with trail running. And yeah, it just progressed from there. Um, and then I started, I, started working for Garmin um, and got some sponsorship from that and that helped me financially to then be able to get over to Europe to race during the summer. Um, yeah, so it's just been flowing on from that really. Brilliant and I love how you got into trails as well um, and so what do you like most about the trail aspect of running because um, obviously you, you went to the US and you did the track and the cross country. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you like most about trail running? Um, well. In the US, it was very structured and it's a lot more, I found it a lot more cutthroat, especially in the university scene. And trail for me, it was brought a lot more freedom. Um, and at the term, at the time I was doing it on my own terms, um, I kind of liked that. And just the variety that you can get in different races and the places it took me and also the people you meet. I had a, just a very much more laid back scene, which I think I was needing at the time. Yeah, it's yeah. really friendly, isn't it? And, and like you said, it is a great way to see the world through trail running. Yeah. I love I love racing all over the world as well. Um, well, filming yeah. the races. Um, <laughs> and so um, uh, I can see that you, you've done really, like you've had a lot of success at like, well, um, uh, it's ultra, so it's not short, but uh, some of the kind of yeah. the shorter side of the ultras. And I saw in one of your films that you said um, when you have to get poles out, you, yeah. you think probably that's not a race for you. Um, what, what was like your favorite distance to race would you say um i'd say around the 50k up to 50 mile distance yeah i really like running i'm not i don't think i'm very good over really technical um terrain and i don't as you said i don't like that distance where yeah you need to use poles or a lot of hiking is involved yeah yeah so you like the actual running and you can sort of run yeah. 50k to 50 yeah. miles and and that yeah. brings, that brings us on nicely to your training plan which does train people in a city for like distances around 50k to 50 miles but before we get onto that i just want to show uh, give you a little taste of who's watching tonight um so mm -hmm. we've got uh, so, so people like they write in on the live chat so i'm just going to read out a few names so that you know that there's tons yeah. of people watching so we've got biker bob we've got ruth we've got um Simon, we've got a Nigel, we've got John Gardner, I've got a question from him later on as well, we've got okay. Greater X, um, um, Ruth, uh, Ruzan123, um, so we've got tons of people watching um, and we will be covering some Patreon questions later and if you've got any questions on the live chat then, then, uh, then fire away. Ruth Croft here chatting all about ultra tonight and coaching. Um, so let's move on to talking about the run and this amazing training plan you've got with them. I'm just going to pop it up on the screen just now so people can see what it looks like. There's a really nice picture of you sort of like you know the ones with all the hands everyone's like slapping hands oh, yes. on their website. Yeah. yeah yeah so um so yeah so 
how did it come about that like um, association with Vert Run, the coaching company? Like, did they say to you, "Can you make this particular training plan," or did did you decide what you were going to do? Um, so I met uh, Kirsten and Moy a few years ago, and then they reached out earlier this year um, and asked if I would be interested in doing a training plan for Vert Run, and they kind of gave me the freedom to decide what I would want to do. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of lean more down the training people for in a, living in a densely populated city because that's the experience that I've had from Taipei, Taiwan. Um, and so then, yeah, I just decided to design a plan with that in line. Fantastic. And so how does that run work? Like, how would you describe it for anybody who doesn't really know what it is? Um, well, they've got a ton of training plans there, so you can, they've got some ones that are for free or you can sign up for their monthly training plans and that can give you uh, access to other plans designed by, uh, I've had Hilary Allen, um, Pascal Eagley from Switzerland and then Dylan Bauman and they've got a real range from like 20k up until your ultra distances um, for people who live in the city, people who are time crunched, um, yeah, so you name it, they've pretty much got it covered. Yeah, they really have. I've just put, while yeah. you were saying all that, I was just putting up some screen grabs from the website so that everybody could see um, what types of training plans there are. And yeah, there's a really nice list of people like Pascal Agli, Dilla Bowman, Hilary Allen, and Vlad Ixal as well. So, uh, true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice yeah. to see. Like, it's nice to be coached by someone who really knows what the game is all about, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, everyone's got a different style as well of coaching, too. Yeah. And it's really nice, um, I saw uh, on VetRun that there's like you can sign up to any training plan for seven days for free to start with, so it seems like a no-brainer that you could just kind of go on there and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah and see if it's what you're looking for or not, totally. Yeah. yeah, and so your training plan is a 14-week program, um, so that obviously like took you some time to design. Um, when you were thinking about it, what what kind of barriers did you see from your experiences in, in Taiwan? Um, what kind of barriers were there for people living in cities like that and trying to train for these kind of really long kind of mountainous ultras? Yeah, it's just that most people um, not having any access to hills, um, so you really have to kind of get creative in different ways of emulating what like you're going to expect to see on a trail race. Um, and also another downside as well as you had to think about is they aren't able to practice that downhill running too. Um, so you had to think of had to think of different ways that you can help build up those muscles um, so that on the first downhill in a race they don't blow out. And so that's where like a lot of strength and conditioning I think comes in. We can really work on building up strong muscles there. So they were the main things. And also I know training in a city is quite mentally challenging and so I tried to add quite a bit of variety in there um, to help because I know, yeah, it's probably a bit more variety than what I would have put in a standard training program for someone who has trails right out their door. Mm, that's, it is really interesting because so many of us do live in a big city, don't they? So I think it's really nice yeah. that you've designed an ultra plan specifically for that. Um, but you did talk um, in the in the kind of the little bit about you on the Vertrum website. You you said that there are also some benefits of running in cities, like like there's lots of people to run with. So I thought that was really yeah. good as well. Yeah, definitely. That's what you, I think. When you're living in a city, you really need to draw on that community that you can have there, because um, that can take your mind off the fact that you are running in a city on a concrete path. Um, and another thing um, I also thought about is. Um, oh, I've forgotten. 
Wait, oh, is oh, it yeah. music? Um, oh yeah, you can use music, but yeah, as you said, like the community really drawing on that um, and making the most of having them there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really good to pass the time to have a chat with someone. It really motivates yeah. you to meet somebody is really motivational. And yeah. You're not going to back out of that one. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, so, and, oh, and sorry. Oh, and sorry. Like, what no. I found. <laughs> what I found from um, my experience as well is that like living in a city it makes you mentally a lot tougher um, yeah because you've got had to go for a lot to get on that start line um, and so I think the best way as well is to also think of make the most of what you do have and don't try to compare yourself to other people and what what they are able to train on um, and just make the most of your situation because you can totally live in a city and be prepared for for a trail race in the mountains it's definitely possible, definitely possible, yeah. uh, especially with your new training plan. Fantastic. Um, and so uh, how important do you think is it to enjoy the whole 14-week process? Um, that, that's something that you also touched on um, on, the, on the website. Yeah, well, as, as I like to say, like a race is just one day of your whole training program so for the majority of the other time like if you're not enjoying it you really have to question why you're doing it in the first place because um, you're really going to struggle on race day I think if you don't have that motivation and passion behind behind you um, so yeah that's something that people I coach now is just that to really enjoy the process because it is a major part of what you're doing and to really know why you're doing it in the first place Yes, yeah, I mean, we often talk about like having a race as a goal to kind of like motivate mm. us to go out and train, but it's it's nice to sort of yeah. turn that on its head and just be like, well, enjoy this whole journey because the race is yeah. just one day. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to come on to some um, patron questions now. So patrons are the people who support me monthly. Um, uh, if you... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, if people want to join up on Patreon, the, there's a little thing just under the logo just here, um, patreon.com slash running, and this means that I will now ask Ruth your questions. Um, so, we have some, some people who are big fans, first of all, that just wanted to say that they really like you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Scott Bartlett, uh, he just wants to say... Um, I just I put about the chat with you in the Facebook group and he said this sounds amazing so he's obviously a big fan <laughs> so thanks, <laughs> thanks for that Scott um, and then John Gardner who has got a question a little bit later on as well he says Ruth will be a terrific guest Claire she is one of the world's best at 50k and so strong climbing and running both she has that great Kiwi competitive spirit <laughs> Thanks. So there you go. We've made you blush to start with, and now <laughs> we've got a training question from Kelly Benedetti. Um, yeah. She wants to know how little training she can get away with to finish a 50k or a 50 miler without the fear of missing every cutoff, because she has a really physical, like seven day a week career, and yeah. she can't yeah. risk being constantly tired or sore. Yeah, well, I think it depends how much, how long you have to prepare for that 50k. But say you've got 12 weeks, I think it's about just getting some consistency in there. It doesn't need to be long runs, um, but maybe in the weekend when you hopefully do have a bit more time, you can get some time on your feet. But I think, yeah, you don't have to train for hours and hours every day for a 50k. But the main thing is getting out the door like four times, I would say, four times a week. 
um, in doing that. Then, and sometimes it's better to go into a race not overcooking yourself as well. Um, so do, have done the training, but then like being on top of your sleep and nutrition and that. So not just looking at as training as the only way to getting on that start line. Um, but yeah, I think there is definitely ways to to be on the start line not having done the a lot of training. You can get away with it. But it's very, sorry, it's hard to answer this question when you don't know the, the full extent of the person, how long they have, because it needs to be very personalized. But I could say you could get away with like five hours of training a week oh. would be possible. That's yeah. very interesting. And she says she has a really physical job, so I'm assuming oh, so, that, yeah, yeah like, so, so need, she's already training, sort of. Yeah, so you, yeah, you need to take that into account as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so five hours training a week is all you need for 50k or 50 miles. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> um, fab. Okay, so the next question is from John Moisey, who wants a little bit of advice or information on speed work. So he's kind of interested in what sort of speed work you personally incorporate for your ultra running distances. Um, and, and then I suppose we should kind of extrapolate that into some kind of general speed work advice because I think people think, oh, ultra, I'll just do a load of slow running. Um, but yeah, do you yeah. still need the speed work? What do you do? Yeah, you definitely still do need your speed work. Um, you need to work on your fast twitch fibers. And so some ways you can do that, um, which I've included in the program as well as through strides. Uh, doing them once or twice a week that works on your leg turnover and your running economy because if you're always running slow like you're not going to be able to move within the different uh, pace zones um, so I always recommend uh, hill strides you can start with um, and hill strides take away some of that impact that you can have on running on the flat and then after you've done a set some hill strides for some weeks you can then transition onto the flat um, some other ways is in your long runs just adding some surges. Surges are probably about your 5k pace and you could do them for a minute, have like five, go back to five minutes of your endurance pace running and you could do say six to eight surges in your long run. Um, or there's different ways in your long run you could add finish with like we call it smelling the barn where in like the last 10 minutes of your run you just kind of speed up you don't you're not going all out by no means but you're just kicking it up a gear getting the legs moving like you're going to kind of finish a race um so there's lots of different ways you can add speed work into your training and also have it not take too long to recover from either like a, a high intensity speed session would so I think, yeah, so you can add surges, you've got your strides, um, and then just finishing the last part of your long run with 10 minutes, just kicking it up a gear. Um, but yeah, I really recommend doing speed work because I think it is once you start dipping into ultras, you think, oh, I need to run long, I need to run slow, like all the time. But I think if you find that you concentrate on some speed work, it will help you in your, in your longer runs, in your ultras. Mm, that and and I just wanted to go back and into the smelling the barn thing. Is that a New Zealand yeah. phrase? Is there often a barn at um, the end of a race? <laughs> I've I don't not know, heard actually, that. I, 
I, th- I think I read it from an American coach actually smelling the barn. Oh, it might have been Jack Daniels. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you're, you're nearly home. You're nearly at the finish. So you kind of like, you want to get home quicker. So you just kick it up a gear. Ah, like, yeah, like smell yeah. the cookies or like smell the yeah, yeah, homemade yeah. bread or <laughs> something like that. Well, that yeah. yeah, maybe a lot of races in America used to start from a big barn in a field or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For us here in the UK, it would be like smell the town hall because, you know, like, yeah. Sometimes the races start from some kind of community centre or a town hall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adjusted for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. really interesting. And and I think that's really interesting, the examples that you gave, like adding the like the slightly faster bits to your long run and doing the, the strides yeah. and the surges. So you don't necessarily advocate just doing a speed session and then everything else just uh, a slow session. Like you, you're no. sort of building little bits of speed into yeah. a lot of sessions. That's really interesting. Well, I do recommend doing speed sessions. It just is hard to, it depends whereabouts you are in your training cycle um, and what phase. But I do believe that you can have speed work going throughout from your base phase through to your race day, um, some form of speed work. So yeah, you can definitely do speed sessions, specific speed sessions, but I think like surges and hill strides and just finishing long runs fast is great ways you can incorporate that kind of throughout your season. Um, and especially at the beginning, like the strides and then the surges can kind of help you tra- get your body ready to transition if you're going to do more a speed focused phase than going straight from base where you're just doing some more aerobic work and you transition to a speed session phase. They kind of, your strides and your surges can ha- help bridge that gap to get your body ready for the, the speed phase, if that makes sense. Yeah, so you're never not neglecting yeah. the speed, you're always doing a little no. bit of speed. Yeah. yeah it should be going throughout um it just totally depends on the person and what they're training for and yeah how they're going to approach it yeah ah okay yeah that makes total sense and i've just read on the live chat um nigel barnett he says smell the bar is that what you said not smell the the bar smell the barn but yeah i thought you said smell the barn as well but he is gone smell the bar i'm all for that Maybe it is smell the bar. <laughs> we can make it smell the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeasty, beery. Yeah, a lot of trail runners run just for beer, don't they? So, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Innes Hodgson. I'm not sure where Innes is from, but she says we use the phrase "the horse can smell the stable." Ah, oh, so yeah, maybe oh, okay. it's like that smell yeah. the barn, like horses. Yeah. Americans, like they have a big history, yeah. like riding around on horses, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we've sorted that one out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fab. Okay. Well, this, that was brilliant advice on speed. I really love that. Um, that's that's really cool. Um, and then Gillian um, says, Gillian Close says, um, she's really interested uh, for this chat, and she would like to know um, if for some reason like you can't make a session, like do you mm-hmm. skip it? Do you catch it up? Or like depending on what session it is, like do you kind of switch it to another day? What are your thoughts on, on things like that when you're using your training plan? Um, it's again it's very it depends on the situation, but for example, I had a female coach last week who we had the plan all for the week and then she got sick. Um, 
and she was better by the end of the week and she's like well should I try and catch those sessions up and I'm just like no like the plan changed altogether so we she was supposed to have a long run on the Saturday and we just changed it to a 40 minute easy run because she'd been sick and most of the time I don't think you should try and catch sessions up I think the plan needs to be adjusted to why you missed that session or earlier in the week um, sometimes you can change things around but for the most part I think you kind of either get back to the plan where it is because um, otherwise if you're trying to catch up then it's going to normally affect your next week training as well um, so it's yeah it's best about communicating with your coach as to why um, you can't do the sessions and then either changing some things around or just getting back onto the program of how it should be yeah yeah that's that's interesting um because i think a lot of people they feel guilty don't they and then they're mm, like oh yeah, I just cram yeah. that in and then they end up yeah. you know not getting injured. that quickly or injured <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like there's nothing worse than trying to catch up and yeah cramming things in um yeah i wouldn't recommend that yeah and i've just got i just wanted to put something up on the screen here about the um the plans that you can get with vert run because you can on one of the the first plan that you do like there's the free stuff obviously and then there's a 25 dollar a month plan and in that you get like two kind of weekly contact points with your coach so that's the kind of thing the missing of sessions that that's the kind of thing that you would sort of um you'd be able to ask if you were on that plan um, yeah. and if you're on premium obviously like you just reach out to your coach at any time it says by phone text or email which sounds amazing um yeah so yeah you can get direct answers to all of your questions within 24 hours on the 25 dollars a month plan so that just sounds like a really good option for anyone who's like starting to take the training a little bit more seriously and wants to know yeah, yeah. you know whether you know cramming would work or not yeah 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 that's fab okay so then um i know you mentioned this earlier um because of the the nature of the training plan uh, from the city and training for the ultra in the city um so got john gardner it has got a question about the strength training side of things mm -hmm. um so he says what's most important to you when you're strength training but I think we should also talk about like what kinds of exercises you can do like in your house or in your city to sort of strengthen up mm -hmm. those legs for the ultra running and the like the downhills like you were talking about. Yeah. So yeah, what, what kind of strength training um, do you usually sort of do or tell other people to do? Um, so in the program specifically, um, it's still stuff that people can do from home. Uh, they don't necessarily need to go to a gym um, and what I believe is important for yeah, building out those muscles as I said earlier for the downhill is doing some forward or backward lunges um, like tracking your knee as well and making sure they're not collapsing in or collapsing out um, some squats working on your like really working on building up your your hamstring and your glute muscles um, and then yeah a lot of like glute bridges and a lot of body weight kind of exercises that you can do um, and then personally what I do if I'm I normally go to the gym twice a week and even in my in the vert run program I suggest people to do it twice a week I think once once a week is maintenance and then if you really want to make some gains in that um, twice a week is necessary but um, in a gym it just gives me a bit more access to more weights so that as you progress you can kind of start adding the weights and and making more improvements there but if you don't have access to a gym you can totally do a lot um, in your own living room without that. 
Yeah, I like when I'm doing like little like videos on strength stuff. I often say like make it harder by wearing a backpack and then weigh it down yeah. with water. So like yeah, I presume yeah. like they could weigh the backpack each time, like rather than like yeah. at a gym you just use the the next thing in the yeah. in the rack. Yeah, yeah, but you could do yeah. that. Yeah, like in lockdown, I didn't have access to a gym, and you can use your like LPG bottle from your. If you have a barbecue, stuff like that. You can have oh, sex right. with fertilizer. Like gas thing, yeah. You just need to get Yeah. Yeah. Get creative. Yeah, you just need to get creative and find the heavy things and then pick them up without hurting your back. Um oh you've fro you've frozen on the screen for a second there, Ruth. Oh, hopefully Oh, there you are. <laughs> you oh, just did a little freeze on the screen. Yeah, I could sorry. I could still hear you, but yeah. Sorry. Um yeah, so um you were saying, yeah, heavy stuff, find the heavy stuff, pick it up. Did you see on Twitter um Ellie Greenwood, she was training with her two Western States trophies because they're, oh, wow. they're like these giant like I don't know what they are, like dragons or something and they're really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so she had like one on each shoulder and she was doing squats, but she said they were really uncomfortable. <laughs> Serves yeah. the right for doing it with such amazing trophies. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. And and that's really interesting that you talked about what kinds of exercises to do, like um like forward lunges, backward lunges and lots of squats, because that's really simple, isn't it? Like everybody oh, sort of knows yeah. them or can Google them. Like so yeah. how would you start off kind of incorporating that in your training plan? Would you like do ten or fifteen or like if you haven't done it before, um, what would you suggest? I I would start with like a set of six. Um so you do six reverse lunges, six on each foot. Um, and then as you progress, you could get up to, I would say up to eight or 10 and then do three sets. I normally say doing three sets or something. Um, and then once that gets too easy, you could add milk cartons on both sides of holding both sides of um, your body. Um, so then that's a, a level up. And then with the squats, the same, just doing simple squats with no weight. Um, start with six and then work up to eight and then be doing three sets of that and then once that's easy you can uh, add some weight and then the same with the glute bridges that would just be yeah lying on your back in the bridge position raising your hips up squeezing your glutes checking that they're activated um, and then releasing back down and you could do start with six sets of that work up to eight and then do three sets um, and then if that's getting too easy, you need to challenge yourself there, you can then add some weight across your hips as well. Um, so you're pushing up more weight there. Um, and then other stuff, I also put an emphasis on core because you know core is really important. Um, and that was the same uh, as you can start with just basic prone holds. Um, then you can do, sh from that you can progress to like your shoulder taps and keeping it slow and in control main thing is a lot of the time is just slow and in control because I think a lot of people get their strength program and it's something I think especially with runners we're like <laughs> oh the strength program like eh, it's not really that important or I'll do this I'll just get through this quickly and we rush all the exercises and don't do it properly um, and so I kind of miss the whole point of having a strength and conditioning program but even personally, I've found when I started incorporating more strength and conditioning into my running, it's just helped me stay injury-free um, and able to get through the whole racing season without having any niggles or that. So, yeah, I really do value it and think it's, it's really worth putting in the, the two times a week into your schedule. Yeah, that's so, it's just so interesting. So many people that I talk to on these live chats, all the elite athletes say, 
if I had done anything sooner, it would have been strength work, like once a week, yeah. twice a week, I would have yeah. done that. And it, it's yeah. it's really easy, isn't it? But it it's just really boring. <laughs> like how, <laughs> how like because you must you must do it. Like you're an amazing athlete. You you get on and you just do it. Like do you need to motivate yourself to do it, or do you just go? Oh, I've just got to do it. Do you have to like fire yourself up with some good music um, or anything? No, I was like, I just, it's just part of it. Yeah. And so I have a strength and conditioning coach. And so she changes my program every six, four weeks normally. So I think that helps. If you change the program up, you're not just doing the same exercises because you've got to remember your body adapts. So there's no point in doing, keep doing those lunges for like two months or whatever. Um, and then I just put a podcast in and listen to a podcast. And so then you're like learning something and you're doing your strength and conditioning. So, yeah. Oh, that's a really good tip. I love that. And, and this yeah. chat will be available on the Wild Ginger Running podcast tomorrow. <laughs> so thank you for that link there. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, on the live chat, Ruth, who's listening here, and she says, great name, by the way. Um, yeah. she, she says her glutes are burning just from listening to Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> No, but a lot of runners do have weak glutes, so it can, yeah, it's definitely yeah, worth the time. Definitely, and um, and uh, L uh, L Haynes says, ah, injury free, the holy grail. Yes, well, if only we all did our exercises, runners. <laughs> um, and that's interesting that you said that you have a coach for your strength and conditioning. I was, go I've just written down, do you have a coach? Is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Do you, do you have a couple of yeah. coaches then, or just or just the one? Um, so yeah, I'm based in Wanaka in New Zealand, uh, normally in the summer and I have a strength and conditioning coach there. So we put quite a lot of emphasis on like in my off season, which is my base building kind of time, a lot of emphasis on a periodized, uh, strength and conditioning program. Um, and yeah, I have her for that. And then my running coach is John O'White, um, the Kiwi mountain runner. So ah. he does the running side of things. Yes. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And that's fab. So because some some a lot of the runners here in the UK, like the fell runners, like they don't have a, have coaches and things and they just coach yeah. themselves. So do you did you used to coach yourself and then you found that coaching helped you or how did how did um, it happen? Yeah, when I was in Taiwan, I was just doing my own thing um, and coaching myself. And then I just got to a point where I, as runners, I think we know what, what we need to do in that, but sometimes we get a bit carried away and try to push the envelope <laughs> a bit too much and think we're superhuman. So that's where it's great to have a coach, like, with, especially with Jono, and tell me, like, no, that's a stupid idea, like, rein it back. <laughs> like, um, so it's just, yeah, he's, for me, Jono, he's a coach, but also a really good friend, and so we have, a, like, a quite a good um, relationship, and so it's good to have someone else to check in on you, I think. But it's totally fine to do it on your own, but sometimes you miss things that a coach would otherwise pick up on. Yeah, yeah and you can sort of be blind to things that you do mm. sort of know, yeah. don't you? Like you said, like yeah. you're just like, oh, I just want to run, but a coach will be like, no, yeah. you've got to do this. And I find yeah, like when yeah. I'm coached by someone, if they put stuff on the list of things to do, I will do it. But if I put stuff yeah. on the list to do, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'll just do this work here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and it, you'll end up end up only doing things that you're like your strengths as well sometimes things yeah. you like to do so you'll continue you'll continue to do those sort of training sessions and kind of miss the stuff that you probably need to actually really work on yeah. so that's where a coach is better at looking at the bigger picture of where you need to be heading with your training 
Yeah, exactly that. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, and just earlier when we were chatting, you did say that you are studying right now and you're doing um, some nutrition and some um, some kind of alternative sort of medicinal therapies kind of training. Yeah. And we have a question here from Ruth Ellis, um, who says, I love the name, obviously. And <laughs> she says, how important do you think nutrition is when following a training plan? Um, and what is it like during like, leading up to a race um so yeah can you just take us through a little bit about like the yeah. ideal nutrition um well yeah it depends on the again it depends on the person um it's kind of I find it really hard to generalize um yeah. a response to this but for me I think it's not about restricting yourself there's a lot of stuff going on in the world like at the moment you've got paleo keto like low carb high fat um all these different like diets and that and I think the main thing is just to eat whole foods plenty of veggies and fruit and whole grains um, like stay away from processed foods and then just finding what works for your body more so than what like what keto says you should do or what paleo says you should do um, so I think that's the main thing and then also I think for females a, main, a good thing is to get um, your blood tests as well because females quite often are low in iron so there's nothing worse than to be doing all this training but not helping yourself by being low in iron in the first place. Um, so I think yeah your, your diet is it's not about restricting yourself and saying I can't and can't eat this I think that does you worse in the in the long run but as I said just staying away from processed foods make sure you're getting it enough and not overeating as well um, and then it's not just nutrition either it's about your stress at work or your stress in your life and trying to minimize that and getting good sleep for recovery uh, as well um, yeah, and I've also been listening to a lot. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Stacey Sims. Oh, I have, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's also for, in relation to females, it's training around your cycle um, in ways in your your luteal phase or your follicular phase, like when you should be doing more high-intensity work or when you should be doing more low-intensity work as well. Um, so that's really, really, like if you're looking for a good book to read about that for females in training, um, it's called Raw, uh, and that can give you a good idea because a lot of training in the past has been on men um, and not taking in the different hormone levels that women go through in their cycle. So that's also really important, yeah. Yeah. And there's ways you can manipulate um, your diet as well well when you're going through that high hormone phase um in your luteal phase yeah yeah that's so interesting so do you does Jono sort of like build that into your plan then or is that just something that um, he, you then take he doesn't yeah because there's another way of looking at it as well is that you can never change the date of a race so yeah, yeah so you need to really be able to train um train at like any phase of your menstrual cycle yeah. um, so there's that way of looking at it but there is also you at times you can be more aware of what's going on with your body like oh okay I'm in the high hormone phase at the moment so my recovery is not going to be as good I'm not going to be able to push um, to that vo2 max as much but then there's also ways your diet you can help mitigate those effects as well um, so yeah 
Mm, okay, well, I'll have to um, look up that book um, from Stacey Sims yeah. um, and yeah. put it in the show notes um, or in the YouTube description below so people can have a look yeah. at that because that's really interesting. I think a lot more people are becoming wise to that nowadays. Um, now that now that we're in the 21st century and people have realized our uteruses don't fall out if we run fast, yeah. um, it's just it's really interesting to know that, you know, we do have a different hormone cycle to men. It's monthly rather than 24 hours. And so, yeah, we, we probably need to train a little bit differently. So so that's really yeah. good um to know and it's really good to have that resource yeah but also I, yeah and then on the nutrition thing um i think yeah your rest day nutrition is massive especially if you're doing ultras because you have a higher chance of getting gi distress so it's really important in your long runs building up to your race you probably a lot of people probably have heard this is to practice your race day nutrition um, and the main things, yeah, you want to be looking at is your, your carb intake, your hydration intake, and then if caffeine. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people don't focus on nutrition for race day because they're so focused on the, the running training. But it's like mo I think most ultras people pull out because of GI distress. So it's really important to, to look into that as well. Yeah. Has yeah. that ever happened to you on a race? Have you ever sort of been partway through and you've just gone, oh God, this is really terrible. Like I know, um, yeah. I, th I think did Holly Page, she had a big uh, problem at the UTMB this year and she just was like vomiting halfway around and just carried on anyway because yeah. she's a northerner. <laughs> but yeah, does, yeah. It, does it even, does it happen to you even though you've kind of um, tried so many different things? Can it just happen? Yeah. Yeah, well, it happened to me at Labrador in 2017, I think it was. I was throwing up at 70K. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, but since that, it hasn't, touch wood, it hasn't happened. But I've kind of changed my nutrition. Um, at that time, I was kind of mixing different, mix, mixing solids and gels and powders and that and so kind of moved away from that. And now I was, yeah, I thought my nutrition plan was pretty good, but recently I've been trying to up the carbohydrate intake per hour uh -huh. um, and get my body used to that. Um, so that's been the goal recently. But, yeah, touch wood, I don't have any more issues with the nutrition. Yeah, and do you use a certain brand of gels or anything? I know a lot of athletes, they go for, like, one particular one when they find it works. Yeah, so I've started using Morton. Um, oh, right, so yeah, same as yeah, Killian. which is... Yeah, well, and it's more popular with the road running crowd, I think, as well. Not so much trail, but um, they've got a powder that you can get uh, 80 grams of carbohydrate per serve, which is actually really high, considering most gels only have 25 grams of carbohydrate per hour. Um, so, yeah, that's what I use. Mm, I've tried some of that, and uh, the gels are really interesting, aren't they? Because they're like, um, like a... They're sort of like a jelly rather than that horrible, sticky consistency you usually get. yeah much yeah. more refreshing um, and we do actually have uh, Morton give us a little bundle every month in my competition so there's a chance to win uh, that um, for all the patrons yeah. so they can try what you yeah. try <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, Killian Jornet he uses um, Morton now as well uh, okay. I just yeah. got an announcement about that the other day um, and uh, cool. of course Elliot Kipchoge uses it and um, Mo Farah as well so yeah, it, I've just every time I talk about it I say obviously it makes you faster um because yeah. <laughs> it must do <laughs> but it's still working for you so it's it's proven again <laughs> well yes yeah, i don't know why it hasn't not as many trail runners use it i don't think it's like when i first heard of it, it was more on the the road racing scene 
Um, but yeah, I think the, the carbohydrate intake is like definitely really high if you're looking for that. Yeah, I think um, it might be to do with the fact that it's very expensive. It, it's really expensive uh, okay, compared yeah. to a lot of stuff that you can buy over here, um, at least for uh, for running. And um, yeah, yeah, there's definite kind of road running brands and trail running brands. So I think they're mm-hmm. just now trying to cross over into the trail running market because they've seen that, um, that it works really well. I think also sometimes trail runners, they're a bit less sort of performance based than the road runners yeah. so they don't yeah, mind yeah. as much but you know once the top athletes start using it because like you guys are really performance based and um, then I'm sure it will trickle down into the like main consciousness as well yeah 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 um, so Ruth is actually watching live we've just answered her question and she says that is so helpful about the nutrition um, and she's got that book the Stacey Sims book as well oh, sweet. Um, she's yeah. plowing her way through at the moment so she says that's yeah. really great thank you and she also has another part to her question um, yeah. she wants to know like when you're struggling like at Lavaredo when you are being sick and like you know when you're finding it really tough and you haven't got your trail legs like what goes through your head to make you keep going when you're struggling like have you got any mantras or anything like that um well it's all been your choice like it's always my choice to race and I'm in that situation so I've only got myself there and like to look in the bigger picture of racing and running we're very fortunate to be able to do what we can do and so it's kind of just getting out of your head what's telling you to stop in that and just taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and then I always find it best is just to break the race down into more manageable chunks so say you're throwing up at one section or you're just really struggling on this uphill then just think okay at the next aid station how many k away is it it's 8k and then kind of reassess things at the aid station and try and like get on more food or and then often I find in races when I do get into that negative headspace it's because I've maybe fallen behind on nutrition or hydration or maybe I just need a bit of a top up um, and so that's always my first port of call it's like okay drink a bit eat a bit then see how I feel still feeling bad and then okay break the race into smaller like manageable chunks and then yeah as I said just remember this is your choice <laughs> like you, you yeah. put yourself on their start line and like in the big scheme of thing it's, it's just a race um, and just get out like the main thing is just to enjoy it like I think that's why we're all on the start line it's like we want to challenge ourselves but also just enjoy this whole process and and just yeah just take a step back take a deep breath and, and remember all that yeah definitely wise words for sure it's not like we're escaping a war zone or anything like that (laughs) like come on it's a race like you signed up for this (laughs) if you really don't like it yeah Yeah, next day no one's gonna remember it anyway (laughs) yeah even though at the time you're like this is the biggest news ever yeah i'm gonna put it on instagram (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's definitely good advice isn't it just to like suck it up a little bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and now we've got a couple the final couple of questions um we've got about uh, are about new zealand um where you are based um so catherine ramsden is curious about your thoughts on if you've ever done a new zealand park run um which she thinks are going to start up this coming weekend um and she also wants to see if you're willing to share jacinda ardern with us (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've never done a park run and yeah I sort of no I haven't um 
but I did see in the news that like the UK was wanting Jacinda Ardern to be over and someone it was something like declare the UK should declare war on New Zealand and then and then forfeit and then somehow like yeah, <laughs> surrender just yeah, <laughs> yeah. just would be able to lead the UK <laughs> yeah yeah well there are a lot more people in the UK like I always think like everyone's like oh New Zealand's done really well but there are only five million people there and exactly. that's like half the population of London yes. so it's not quite a comparison but she yeah. is awesome isn't she like going on about oh, the tooth yeah. fairy and just the way that she yeah. handles things it's just so fresh and modern and, and young yeah, she's just really, I don't know, she really connects with everyone as well. And she, like, if you see her Instagram and stuff, she'll post about, like, her toddler who's just put, like, like thrown up on her or something like that. So everyone can kind of relate, like, the everyday person can relate to her. But, as yeah, as you said, New Zealand, we're an island in the bottom of the world. Like, we had a bit of heads up about corona, um, and we're only 5 million people. So that's all played in our favor. I think if you're wanting to look at a country who's done it really well, and also as a female leader, it's Taiwan, um, oh. where they're just, yeah, they're 150 miles off the coast of China. They have not closed down their economy or anything. They're still, they haven't had, they haven't had lockdown. Um, yeah, wow. which is really, How yeah, did they do yeah, that? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Um, it's, it's the way their contract tra uh, contact tracing has worked. Um, and also in Taiwan and a lot of Asian countries, like what authority says people, I think it's people follow. Um, so I think that's probably another reason why they've had a lot of success. I yeah. think they've only had seven deaths as well. Wow. Yeah. Lemon yeah, democracies, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> Get a bit of communism back. <laughs> Get a bit of rope following back. <laughs> I know. We're, we're like awful. Like, oh, it's my rights. It's this, it's that. <laughs> yeah. It's our right to just die. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, um, COVID aside, Ruth uh, says, you need to do a park run, Ruth. It's great fun. Okay. Um, yeah. So is there one in Wanaka? Do you, do you know? Um, yeah, there is one in Wanaka, actually. Yeah, I just haven't done it, though. Yeah. yeah. Be, I was it, going to do It would be a bit mean if you did it, though, because you'd probably go and smash the record. And it's supposed to be for, like, normal people, isn't it? To just go and uh, enjoy running. So, yeah. yeah some fast people that live in Monica, so oh, I wouldn't be there? too confident. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, do you fancy doing that kind of thing? Because you did mention like doing the speed work at 5k pace. So like, do, is park run something that uh -huh. you would consider? Um, well, actually, when Europe and everything with Corona happened, my coach, Jono, and I, we decided to do cross-country races in New Zealand. So that's kind of, yeah, it was, put, it was going to be putting on spikes and I think women race like 8K. So, yeah, I think it's important, um, even though I haven't done a park run, is to always like mix it up and do different different distances or disciplines that you n normally wouldn't do. And it kind of helps you make you a more all-round runner. Um, yeah, because last year I did a road marathon as well. So, yeah, just do different things to mix it up. I think it keeps it interesting too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's nice to do lots of different things as well. Um, uh, there's people on the live chat, uh, they're, they're shouting at me saying Taiwan is not communist. I, I didn't mean to yeah. say that Taiwan was communist. I just meant to say that rather than a democracy where we all think we can do what we like, um, let's let's uh, let's get some, some bits where we say the, the oh yeah, well, 
they're coming back to me now saying um, uh, like communism isn't a good idea either <laughs> I'll stay out of how about I stay out of politics because I obviously don't know what, don't know what I want about <laughs> but it, yeah it's interesting isn't it the different kind of yeah. political structures that lead people to obey or not obey um, yeah. so anyway the final question that we have um, is from Jasper Kiernan who says awesome guest um, question to Ruth is the Instagram photos that you post of your adventures make me want to take a trip to New Zealand if I travel all that way um, I would like to do a race um, which trail ultras yeah. in the South Island would you recommend uh, okay it's easy um, hands down I would recommend old ghost ultra um, yeah it's in the I grew up on the west coast of the South Island in this region and it's probably a more remote area of New Zealand a bit more rugged and a bit more wild but um, I did the ultra for the first time this year um, it's 85k of single track and it essentially was built for mountain biking but it's also you can run it as well um, and they have the ultra it's in the I want to say the end of Feb um, it's open to about 300 people I think so it's quite a small small number but the race directors have done like an amazing job it's a really intimate and genuine race experience and yeah I couldn't like it's perfectly well organized um, and by far my favorite race that I've done in New Zealand uh, on the South Island definitely yeah so Old Ghost Ultra is the one to do Old Ghost Ultra. That sounds like a cool yeah, name. Yeah. Is it based on a scary yeah. story or anything? Has it got a history? Um, not on a scary story, but it was um, a, like a, a route for gold mining on the west coast. Ah. Yeah. So if you look, and if you look up Old Ghost, you'll see some photos of the trail and that, and it's got some pretty good views and all runnable. Um, not too much for it. I want to say just over two thousand, two thousand six hundred maybe, over the eighty-five k. Yeah. Yeah, so a nice distance there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Is that the only one that you would recommend, or are there any other races? Um, there's other ones. There's one uh, called Shot Over Moonlight Marathon, and that's in uh, in Queenstown. Um, so they have the 42 marathon distance. I think they have a 30K, and I think next year they're adding a 56K. Um, so that's another one. If you're looking for like a really classic New Zealand race Kepler which is in December at uh, the first weekend of December um, and so Kepler is one of our great walks it's 60k um, and also I'd say it's probably the race that's been around for the longest and within Kiwi is probably the most prestigious kind of ultra even though it's a shorter one um, and yeah so it's a loop and 60k not a lot of vert but like amazing scenery because it's on a great walk yeah, yeah. so probably they're my three I would recommend. Oh that sounds amazing. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so good. I went to New Zealand like a few years ago now and we did the route burn track and we did uh, cool. I think uh, yeah. we did like Capel's route burn out and yeah. back and then green burn back down uh, okay. so we did yeah, like a yeah. big loop like seven days um yeah we went to Milford Sound and saw the big waterfalls yeah. and uh, got covered in yeah. sand flies it was it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yes uh, it would just be so great to go to New Zealand um it's just such a wonderful country and such a brilliant place to train for trail running I can see why you went back there yeah yeah um, but I just want to say uh, a big thank you to you for coming on tonight. Um, thank you for waking up early twice. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and um, and it's been really great to hear all about the training plans um, that you've got going with Vert Run. Um, so if anybody is keen for that, then all you have to do is just Google Vert Run, and it will come up, and you can check out the website, and it's got tons of different training plans on. If you don't want to train for an ultra in a city, there's other stuff that you can do that the other athletes um, have written. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, I'm just going to read out some nice things that people have said um, about you here, Ruth, tonight. Um, so let me just read out uh, John Gardner. Oh, yes, he, uh, John Gardner was very pleased. He said, very good answer. Thank you, Ruth. Um, Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, um, so there was there's just now a load of chat about communism. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's my bad. I really shouldn't enter into politics. I know, I literally know nothing. It was like <laughs> um, um, Nadia says, um, South Island is super nice, offers lots of great running opportunities. Um uh Kerry says, um she hopes to run the old ghost road one day um uh, awesome. hello from a fellow kiwi in timaru oh hey yeah <laughs> and um and ruth says great interview claire and ruth absolutely loved it all the best in your future races ruth uh, thanks ruth <laughs> um so so yeah um like just like before you go were you are you planning to do have you got any races for the autumn like oh it's not autumn over there is it but like into october are you, are you guys starting to run races again um yeah so we're pretty much yeah all races can go ahead uh in new zealand but it's coming into our winter so we don't have so many trail our trail season kind of ended at the end of summer um but cross-country season is starting and i'm actually hoping that some races maybe in Europe will happen. I know Transvolcania was moved to October. Les Templiers in France is in October. And then the Golden Trail uh, World Series uh, on the Azores, I think, is in November. Yeah, um, I just got an email yeah. about that today. And you came third in that last uh, last year, didn't you? So um, going for a crack at that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. I think it was. I can't, yeah. Oh, um, I thought it said third think, in the press release that I oh, saw. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. No, don't, don't do yourself out of a podium position. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check um, it later so, we'll check it later yeah. <laughs> i'll just see what happens in europe and um yeah what if races do go ahead or if they don't and if they don't then yeah it's okay we'll see what just bring yeah. it to next year just do some new zealand ones for now and yeah but maybe yeah. spending october in europe that would be exciting wouldn't it at least like yeah. you could just get one plane over and just stay for a whole month <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, well, thank you very much. I'm um, just that more people have written in now because um, there's a, like a yeah. 90 second delay and they know that we're about to finish now. Um, so um, Simon says, what a great interview with a fab guest. Learned loads of great tips to take into my ultra running. Cool. Rich Simpson says, great tips there. Thank you. Gordon Parton says, thanks for the fab tips. And Kerry Hanley says, great interview, ladies. Thumbs up. So I think we can um, safely conclude that it has been a wonderful evening uh, slash morning for you. Um, thank yeah. you so much for getting up so early. Um, and it was fantastic to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks to everyone who joined in as well. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It originally aired at 6.30pm UK time on Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel and the link is in the show notes. 
I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.